Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Hello, Chris Evans here. Welcome to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up on this show, the fabulous darling Craig Revel Hall and his Beverly Poised with details of Strictly Ballroom, the musical, which is touring across the UK from September to next June and July. Amazing. The terrific trio of Matthew Good, Hugh Bonneville and Jack Savaretti pop into the studio ahead of the big auction for Ukraine lunch along with our very generous winning bidders, the one and only Piers Morgan, giving us his latest musings and updates on his weekly talk TV show Uncensored and music maestro Ian Brody unveiling the Lightning Seeds brand new single Sunshine from their upcoming album See You in the Stars all of that and so much more to come so Ginger Jack who's first? Our next guest is a master of the musicals and a belter in the ballroom. But that is strictly between us. He is directing the UK and Ireland tour of Strictly Ballroom the Musical, which is can can kicking its way into theatres from September. So let's revel in his glory, as we all should. A five, six, seven, eight is Craig Revel Harwood. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? That has to be the best intro. Ever, ever, darling! Ever in like 20 years. Darling. Okay, are you going to give it a 10? <laughs> yeah, that's 11. That's <laughs> wow. amazing. There he is. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Running out of the studio, punching <laughs> the air. Ginger Jack Craig, how are you? I'm fantastic. Yeah, you, really good. You look annoyingly well, if you don't mind me well, saying. Well, you know, it was my one-man show. It, you know, it forced me into submission, darling. But come on. I mean, you look better than ever. Well, maybe that's Botox and a bit of surgery. <laughs> no, no, you look joking. so well in the flesh. No, uh, no, I really uh, have had a fantastic year so far. And I did my one-man show, which was absolutely brilliant. Yes. And it got me dancing again. I was tapping, darling. I was doing... A, my first act was All Woman, which was great. <laughs> I loved playing her, lavish. And she told the story of Craig and all the truths behind him. And then I came out as, you know, the boring old Mr Craig Revel Hall from the television, darling. And act So two. not boring. <laughs> so so when, not boring. When you're on stage, are you completely free? Are you nervous? Uh, as soon as I walk on, I am. I think it's terrifying before the moment you step on stage. I think that's the hardest thing, sort of gearing yourself up to actually go on. Once I'm on, I'm away, darling. You yeah. know, you're in the zone, as you know. Most people know on one man shows is, is terrifying before you get out there. But once you're out there, it's absolutely great fun. And so, you know, as, from the physical challenge point of view, mm. uh, how was that? I mean, obviously, you, you benefited massively from it. You look yeah. look on absolutely top trim form. But um, how how was it? What 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 hurt most, and where, and for how long? If you it like. was the corset. That killed me, darling. And then when I did, I was taking off Elaine Page in Cats and I had to 
thrown myself to the ground and then get up singing memory yeah. on the key change and uh that killed me <laughs> it was that sort of and plus it was relentless it didn't stop you know yeah. you forget that i mean normally if i'm doing annie for instance and i'm playing miss hannigan i'm on stage for 17 minutes and yeah. i'm filing my nails in the dressing room which is lovely but this you once you're on you're you're not off so until how I'm long then half, an, hour it and was half? an hour an hour and then an hour act two but that, that's when i did the tap dancing but i really loved it i mean you know, I haven't tapped for 30 years, so it was amazing. It was still there, to be honest. How many dates? I did 40 shows in 40 different places. And was it a sellout? I bet it was a sellout. It was great, yeah. The Lowry was absolutely fantastic. I went from um, Leeds, City Variety, you know, to which is like really, really super, super tiny, where I had to tap dance literally on a table as big as this, a metre wide, and to the Lowry, which was absolutely huge, you know. So, uh, but I loved it. I loved it. All right, so Strictly Come Dancing, the musical, UK and Ireland, the tour, 26th September 2022. the 15th of July 2023. I mean, obviously you'll be busy on the telly then, but you've been uh, very busy on this now. Yeah, I'm casting. I've finished the just about finished the casting, but of course uh, it's called Strictly Ballroom the musical. It's based on Baz Luhrmann's film, and which was in 1992. Can and I you believe that? I know. 30 I know. years ago? Yeah, but ago. that seems like yesterday to I know, me. I, I mean, agree. I was in Miss Saigon at the time. I remember it, you know, on stage at the Theatre Royal Jury Lane. And then uh, that movie came out and it made me feel a little bit homesick actually and then I watched it and watched it on VHS back then and then of course DVDs came out bought the DVD then of course uh, threw that away because we now stream it you know so uh, it's been brilliant and it's been part of my Christmas I've got to admit for the last uh, 20 years actually you know I watch it every Christmas because I love it and it just reminds me of home and now I've got the opportunity to direct and choreograph along with um, Jason Gilkinson who uh, does all the lead choreography on Strictly Come Dancing the TV show and of course Strictly Come Dancing got its name Strictly from of course Strictly Ballroom the movie and now it's a musical which I'm pleased to say and uh, Maisie Smith is in it playing uh, one of the parts Fran who was fantastic and then um, Kevin... Frantastic Frantastic darling and Kevin Clifton you're quick aren't you darling you are quick <laughs> I've been up since four but, yeah, no, <laughs> I'll be dead I've by ten I've just woken up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true you'll need a holiday we can go on one somewhere nice that'd darling. be nice yeah it would be I think but, we'd get uh, on you know. <laughs> I think we would well we do get on anyway yeah we do I get suppose. on anyway but just for just one second there. Let's just press the pause button. Yep. For people who may have heard that and thought, oh, uh, what, what, when you alluded to the fact that it reminds you of home, speak yeah. to that a bit more, because people may uh, yeah, not know. Well, I was born in Ballarat in Australia, which is near Melbourne, if people don't know. It's an old gold mining city. And... Uh, I was born there. Obviously, I spent, you know, my whole life until I was 23 there. And when I was 23, I decided to um, don a G-string and a feather headdress and go to the Lido de Paris on the Champs-Élysées in Paris because I thought, well, 23, I've got a great body. This isn't going to last forever. And I thought, I may as well show it off in Paris. (laughs) And then I got cats and that got me to London and then Miss Saigon and, of course, the rest is histoire. Craig, every time you come on the show, whether it's via Zoom, via the dodgy phone line or today, wonderfully uh, glowingly in person it's just a joy mate I've loved it I think you're a wonderful presenter even if other people say otherwise (laughs) I love it always bring balance to the situation I mean mean, strictly speaking you know it's that that word again isn't it strictly because you you can what's it like what's it like working here what's it like working there well strictly speaking it's not supposed to be all that but actually it's amazing good fun yeah I can tell 
Uh, Craig Revelhood, he's in the middle of everything. He's the epicentre. He is the eye at the glorious storm of what is strictly boring the musical. UK and Ireland, it's the tour, 26th of September 2022 to the 15th of July 2023, but it may well go on and on. It could go on forever, this one. Strictlyballroomtour.co.uk, tickets available there right now. Thank you, Craig. Thank you so much. Loved it. Goodbye. Goodbye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Oh, are you feeling a little bit peckish? Well, I've got a wee recipe for you. Start with the most handsome man in music, add a pinch of an iconic British movie legend and season with an on-screen dream. You know, just the ingredients you have lying around your kitchen. Think a fancy Sunday lunch. Here, after helping raise £59,000 for auction for your crane, there are three of them, so making this rhyme will be tricky. But here we go, it's Matthew Good. Well done, James and Jack. Awesome. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, buddy. All right, so let's start with the man who made all this happen, um, Matthew Good. What the heck are we doing here today? (laughs) Well, hardly. I think you started this off by making me cry in my car on the way uh, as I was going to school. Okay, so what was happening? Where were you? Uh, What did I say? What did you do? Well, you were talking about a photograph, and obviously you cried. And and uh, and I'm, because of what you said, I, I nearly crashed into a Rolls Royce, which thankfully didn't happen. Um, <laughs> wasn't shoes, was it? <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, she was going the other way. And um, and so I just got home and I and I, I used to know Hitton, uh, who helps you out, the frothy, and, coffee, the frothy man. coffee man, and. Um, and I immediately phoned and said, would you like any of this stuff? And then it snowballed. OK, so. Uh, so where are we now? What are we doing today? And how did you corral, um, how did you wrangle uh, these other um, ne'er-do-wells to join us? Well, I worked with Hugh, which was an honour, uh, of course, and uh, when we did Downton together. And so I just, you know, got on the phone with him. And Jack, I haven't seen for 15 years. <laughs> it's been a while, it's been a while. When we were a couple of young blades, um, <laughs> uh, we, used to, we used to go drinking together. Did you? Because I my ex my ex-girlfriend used to be very, very good friends with, uh, with my wife. Still is, still is best yes. friends with my wife. There you go, <laughs> and um, uh, that's probably why I haven't seen him. <laughs> I didn't know you did sheepish. <laughs> I can be very sheepish. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, but I've, you know, and actually, I, I shout out to my wife because um, we had our eighth uh, anniversary, our wedding anniversary, yes, a couple of days ago, and that's seventeen years together. So, congratulations. Well, there you go. Well, that, so that doesn't seem to say, make, make much sense. So, I haven't seen you for longer. <laughs> yes. Well, let, you weren't Ma- married when Matthew, I saw you. Matthew, exactly. Let's hope so. Yes. Because <laughs> have you, if you were together seventeen years and you knew him with your ex-girlfriend, fifteen not my years. <laughs> I think moving. To Swiftly on, don't you? <laughs> um, brilliant. I yes. didn't know you two had previous, Jack. Yeah, we do. And I actually got this amazing phone call from Matt. I was, I was actually out walking the dogs. And he phoned me, and to get a phone call from this man, as you know, is just wonderful yeah. because there's enthusiasm, eccentricity, yeah. elegance. And he just said to me, hello, old chap, we must do something about Ukraine. <laughs> and I thought, that's brilliant. It was so nice. It was a real time where everybody was kind of with their heads in their hands thinking, how can I help? Yeah. What can I do? And he said, I'm going to call Chris Evans and we're going to make this happen. And I knew the minute you guys were going to get together that there was no stopping. Uh, he is irrepressible, this guy over here. <laughs> I mean, you, you can move mountains and you sort of have as far as this auction was concerned. Yeah. So how did you know each other in the first place? I mean, I don't want to get you in more trouble, to be honest. Matthew, let's let's, let's, let's really not go back stories. to it. Yeah, exactly. How did your paths well, cross? involving the police, to, actually. Yeah, exactly. I, to, I was about to say, please don't bring it up. But I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. One of us spent the night in jail the last time we saw each other. But 15 years back, how did did your paths cross? It, they did genuinely, as he said, um, Matthew's ex-girlfriend, Margot, 
Molinari was his best friends with my wife, Gemma. Right. Yeah. Okay, got it. And they oh. were sort of Bristol University buddies, and yeah, on a night out. And he was like, horribly introduced. He's like, this is this is his new star. He's a, with a guitar, and you, you meet no, him. No, I was. God <laughs> Almighty, he's handsome. Well, hang on a minute, Matthew. <laughs> Walking Matthew, nightmare. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now you know how we feel when we're with you yeah, and exactly. we meet I was women. Say the same so thing. that's a bit of your own medicine, there, pal. Um, Joe, so nice. I'm so looking forward to me too. Oh, me no. too. We've got a lot to catch up. What on. were you up to? Wives, children, <laughs> so much. Yeah, yeah ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Um, Let's just get our timings right <laughs> on live radio. Yeah. Sorry, so, so need, sorry about this. We need to strategize these these um, multiple interviews. These. Yeah. So what were you? I'm, obviously, you 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 were doing your thing then, Jack. How, how were you? How successful were you? What kind of gigs were you playing? Funnily enough, the last time I saw you was kind of the first ever bit of good news I ever got in the music industry because I had doors slammed in my face relentlessly and had many doors slammed in my face after this wonderful night but I was celebrating because I had just been given a call saying Kareem Bailey Ray would like you to go around Europe on tour with her and I had only played like a couple of gigs in a pub at that sort of at that time so I was very overexcited about that news and the rest of the night is history. I think we wow. should leave. And it I was there. only too happy to help him. <laughs> well, how is how is his uh, drinking pedigree, Matthew? I know I know yours, but how is his? Pretty great, actually. Well, it mean, was. Again, we are on live radio, <laughs> but we don't know, do we? Because you know the years have have, have ticked by, haven't they? And our, my enzymes aren't what they used to be. Hugh and I'll get into this in a moment or two. Well, I'm I'm coming off the back of of uh, not working a huge amount because of the pandemic, and um, and six months resting so I'm I think as long as I have at least a croissant inside me <laughs> I'm ready for a martini at 10 30. It's so funny I've got to bring Hugh in now but to hold remind me of where we were there right because we need I'm going to put a pin in what you just said and we're going to return to that but Hugh Bonneville's in there yes he is Oh my love goodness it. me! How are you, Hugh? I'm very well indeed. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to see so many people in the studio again. Well, as you say. It's, you're right, aren't you? Yeah, <clears throat> completely. Uh, thank you for allowing yourself to be roped into this melee. <laughs> well, a bit like Jack, I got the call from. Hello, Goody here. How are you? <laughs> he said, "Look, we're, we're going to do something. Chris's, her Chris's show. We're going to do this thing." And uh, I, and I, he said, "It's going to be you, me, Jack, uh, Matt Smith, and uh, Colin Firth. We're going to have lunch together with Chris." I said, "It'll never happen. I'm trying to get everybody together. You know, trying to." Yeah, you, you didn't think it could, yeah. No, and uh, here we are. He's done it, so it's brilliant. Well, well done, mate. Thanks for saying yes. Um, <laughs> uh, how are you feeling about this lunch? Because let's go back to the pin that we just dropped there. What, the croissant pin? Well, it's, <laughs> for me, it's the martini pin, right? Mm. Because when you, when you get these things together and everybody, you know, you can't, some people can't do more than give their time. When you get to a certain point in life, you know, uh, and you've got everything that you need and forget about things that you want and you stop chasing all that kind of stuff and what you've got, mm. you know, what you, what you want is uh, where you're looking from and all that kind of lovely stuff and you learn to want what you have and not chase uh, to have what you want, uh, then it's all about time. And, like, people, like, you give your time and uh, it's a charity lunch and you'll say, you know, can you be there for one? And they'll say, yeah, how long do you need us for? It's two hours all right, it's three hours all right. And it's great. You know, it's fine that people put boundaries around. Matthew's the opposite. <laughs> what time we started? Because <laughs> he clearly hasn't been out for two years. There's pubs that are open at six in the morning in Smithfield Market. So if you wanted to start there, I could have done easily. Now, how are you feeling about this? Do you have a strategy for today, Hugh? I, I, have, I, have, yes, I, have, I have several ripcords of exit strategy. <laughs> 
I have uh, I have a genuine appointment this morning, which I'm going to. So I am going to just can, duck out. Can I come with you for that appointment, <laughs> please? Then I will rejoin for the lunch, and then I do have a uh, you know I do have an exit strategy mid afternoon. He's just been announcing that he's luckily found childcare late this afternoon. <laughs> and going to go on until midnight. I'm going, he's so the, in the mood, isn't no, he? Because because I love a daytime drink, um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, but but I, like they paid fifty eight thousand pounds or whatever. So I want to give them the money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, or <laughs> imagine if they start pulling the ripcord, we've actually had enough. <laughs> By the way, that has happened before. And I like yeah. the auctioneer is going, I think we're going to call it a day now. Uh, you lot have a great time. Thank, th- thanks for bidding. Oh, no, it was us that bid. Well, it's great to have you all here on Fine Form. Um, it's, I'm c- c- couldn't be more grateful. Uh, well, I'll try to be more grateful over lunch or whatever. <laughs> thanks to the thanks, ladies. Awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. This next guest is uncontrollable, unafraid and unlikely to be censored. And to prove it, he's only gone and got his own show, Piers Morgan Uncensored, airing weeknights at 8pm on Talk TV. Tempered talks with Trump and Tyson told him he's done. He's probably already blocked you. It's Piers Morgan! <laughs> Morning, Morgan! <laughs> I love that piece. Thank you. Oh, how are you, Piers? Do you know what? I was I was going to start by just saying how happy I am that Matt Fitzgerald has become the US Open golf champion. I've gotten to know him very well over the years, played golf with him a number of times. You will not meet a nicer, more decent, down-to-earth guy in any sport. A lovely family, great caddy, Billy Foster, one of the great characters of golf. And I just woke up this morning and I felt a massive happiness for Matt Fitzgerald. So well done to him. Will you be getting him on the show? I hope so. I've messaged him and he's replied. Uh, so I hope so. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun over there. We had a hilarious time in Los Angeles, actually. We played at the Lakeside course there. He wanted to have a warm-up game before some tournament he was in. So I rang Vinnie Jones, who was a member at Lakeside. He got us on. And we were playing with Vinnie Jones, an already hilarious grouping, when suddenly a golf cart arrived at the ninth hole and Joe Pesci, from Goodfellas was on the golf cart and it had two effects. One, I absolutely loved it because I love Goodfellas so I talked to him about all all his movie stories but also Fitzpatrick's game completely fell apart under huge pressure from Joe Pesci giving him the evil eye every time he was about to putt on my instigation. So it was a comical, random, only in Hollywood surreal round of golf which I, which I know he will remember. Did you watch it, by the way? I watched it until about 11, and I went to bed thinking he's got a good chance. And I woke up this morning, and all I, the first thing I saw was the bunker shot he played, which he said was probably the best shot of his career. And I just thought, I just felt great for him, because he's one of those guys that could have been a journeyman player, but everyone in the game always said he's got all the tools you need to be a champion. And I think that he's one of those people that once he's won one major, he could go on a run now and win a lot. But he, honestly, he's one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met in, in any sport. So I'm just really chuffed for him. All right. So, Piers, you've been on the air with Piers Morgan, uncensored for four weeks. Uh, you're beginning your fifth week uh, this week. Uh, three strikes and you're out. That's Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. Well, no strikes for you, I'm presuming. No, no, no. Although I, I, it's an interesting thing, these strikes, isn't it? Because I don't think they're going to have public opinion. I think there are so many people in this country currently feeling the economic pinch. I think the idea that train drivers, many of whom are earning 50, 60, 70,000 pounds a year, are going out on strike to get 11% pay rises in the current financial climate, I think is uh, ridiculously badly timed. And I speak of someone that often supports 
union you know activity and union negotiations with employers who are trying to pull a fast one in this case i think if it leads to a summer of strikes in all different areas of the public sector the public sympathy is going to be extremely limited. How, uh, who have you enjoyed most on your show thus far? Because you had Trump um, on uh, your yeah. first show, of course. <clears throat> then you had uh, Tyson Fury on, who told you a little porky, actually a, a whopper, to be honest, in the MPs. What about saying you wouldn't fight again? Yeah. <clears throat> well, he, says, he still says he won't fight again. And in fact, I had him back on last week. And I was so determined to get the truth out of him that <laughs> I said to him, right, if you do fight again professionally, you have to give me a million pounds. And he not only accepted, <laughs> but when his wife, Paris, who was next to him, said, well, I want a million too, because uh, she believes he is going to fight again and thinks he still has that glint in his eye. Uh, Tyson Fury replied, OK, you get a million t- as well. His logic being, if he does fight again, it'll be for half a billion pounds. And in that case, two millions neither here nor there. So if he does fight again, I'm quids in. I think he will. I think he will. Um, I, has it gone up from 200 million? Because I thought it was 200 million. Has it gone up to half I think million? he keeps talking it up by 100 million every week. Yeah, Look, I think the bottom line is if Anthony Joshua wins, and wins his fight, uh, then I think the, the clamour for Joshua Fury would be overwhelming and the price that he would be able to command for that, such a fight I think would be so big he will find it impossible to say no. I suspect he's doing what all great uh, boxers have done over the years which is pretend you're not going to fight again until the money's right. Yeah, got it. Okay, so you've been on on the daily before, Pierce, um, both over in the States in the evening and over here in the morning. Um, how is it this time around, four weeks in? Well, I've actually forward. I think we're about seven weeks in now. Um, I think it's very interesting. I think that, you know, when I was doing uh, other shows like CNN or Good Morning Britain on ITV, these were established networks, which everybody knew about. And I was entering a kind of roster, which was well established. Here, Talk TV is completely brand new. So it's a very new uh, premise, very new network. Uh, I don't think enough people have yet sampled it or found it. And I would urge your listeners, if you want to find some compelling content, go and try Talk TV out and see what you think. Um, But, of course, my show airs not just in the UK, but it airs in America every day on Fox Nation. It airs on Sky News Australia. So, you know, what we're finding is, I think, like all startups, some good stuff, some bad stuff. We're trying things. We're experimenting. We've been getting lots of good names coming on the show, which would be very gratifying. We're also finding that, the modern way of consuming content is very, very different to when you and I started. You know, we're finding that some of the interviews we've done, Tyson Fury, for example, getting 10 times as many views on YouTube and Facebook, that interview, than on linear television on talk TV, which is something would never have happened 20 years ago. So there are lots of different ways now that younger people in particular like to watch their stuff. And we're finding that YouTube and uh, social media platforms and our apps and so on are proving to be really popular and really effective. Um, you know, you can see a situation, my kids are all in their 20s, my boys, they don't watch regular TV like I used to at all. They watch everything online. They watch everything on apps. And I do think in, you know, that's the future. So it's, it, to me, it's a really interesting challenge. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, um, you know, there are lots of people willing me to fail, willing talk to fail. But I, uh, I always find that to be quite a, uh, an invigorating challenge when people do that. Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan Uncensored, a special tonight. Piers Morgan Uncensored, weeknights, 8pm on Talk TV and lots of other platforms. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Get back!
back, the Beatles, and sit down, Cilla Black. This next guest is the true saviour of Liverpool. Here to let us know all about his latest single, Sunshine, which is out right now. I hope this makes sense. But it's not about the life of Riley. Today it's about the legend, the one, the only, Brody! <laughs> what are you? What an intro. If you weren't awake before, you're awake <laughs> yeah, now. Because yeah. uh, you're a night owl, aren't you? I am very much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about this. <laughs> it's great to be up in the morning, though, actually. It's all going on. <laughs> what is your, how does your schedule usually work? How's your body clock? Your circadian rhythm, as they say. Yeah, well, you know, I like. To, I definitely get going. I, I think sometimes because you're on stage at night, over the years, your body gets used to that, and then the adrenaline goes. So I'm up till, you know, three most of the time. Yeah, and the, the opposite is true for us. That's like an hour. Honestly, that's an hour before usually we get up. Yeah. Um, uh, including you know, at weekends, you know. And yeah. it's um, it gets easier the more you accept, you know, who you are, I suppose. Oh, my goodness, Ian. Uh, you look amazing. I didn't realise. You know, I've always thought of you as worldly wise and much wiser than I'll ever be, but I've just realised why. It's because you... And I, I don't mean... I mean this as a massive compliment. You're almost a decade older than me. I always thought we were the same age. Or I actually thought you were a bit younger. <laughs> yeah, I've never been called wise that much, to be fair. But Mate. old, yeah. You're nearly 64. Yeah, yeah. When I'm 64. Rach, come on. You look much younger than 64. <laughs> you look so much... But you always have had that sort of youthful exuberance about you. Uh, well, hopefully it'll, it'll carry on. Actually, my son, Riley, he's... He, people always think he's 22, you know, so yeah. he's kind of got that thing as well. Yeah, he looks great, man. Uh, Life of Riley, of course, all about Riley Ianson back in the day. Um, as a, as a, here was I trying to recover from the fact that change was 28 years old. Um, and you, you, you saw my change and you raised me pure. Yeah, well, it, I, someone put it online the other day, so I, I, I did as well. And it was, a, it was a shock to me that it was 33 years pure ago. Pure is you know? 33 years. So think about your music, is Ian, from my point of view, you know, and what do I know? I've only got these two ears to, to judge by, not judge by, but observe by, and listen and wonder with, is that it's, it's, it's still box fresh. Your music, it, it's timeless. Did you know, did you realise that when you were writing it? You know, it's timeless, it's ageless. Um, do, you, do you think that's the case, or am I wrong, or, or what? Uh, well, it's hard for me to judge one of them, but I, I do think they sound like they sounded and seem to fit in the world as well as they ever did. But I kind of, I think when you when you write and stuff, you always hope you you know you want to you want to hope it doesn't just get thrown away, yeah, and that it you know it, it stands the test of time. But you you don't know that really. I think sometimes if something goes into a recording, just a bit of serendipity that you and just a, a little something special in the best records that yeah. you can't a moment in time plan for yeah, and it captures that because sometimes I suppose that if you if you are looking to the future and you're you're up to speed with all the technology of the day at the time that can sound futuristic, but that very quickly sounds dated because technology moves on. Whereas if you keep it neutral, you know, and it's guitars and drums and it's just a big wall of sound. Is that could that be something? No, that's that's, that's really uh, good. You know, that's that's a good analysis, and and it is kind of the paradox of making a record because you want people to like it now and you want an audience but if you're two now then tomorrow you'll be gone do you know what I mean? or you know it's not the moment yeah, it's a la mode isn't it it's the yeah. it's a coat um what do they call it in fashion haute couture that kind of thing isn't it it's of the day um what which is the most uh, which is the most significant piece of equipment right that ch that you thought i've got to get my hands on one of those that that would have put you in that sort of red zone of danger of like 
you know, like a DX7 or something like that? What, what would it be? What did you want most? Well, I, fortunately, my first instrument is the guitar. So you're all right. So I always wanted to play the guitar <laughs> mostly, and right. everything else was kind of to back that up, you know. Yeah, so you get a free pass. Are we talking about Paul McCartney? Um, it was his birthday on Saturday. Have you seen the picture? Look at him there. There you go. Look at him. Unbelievable. 80 years old, sitting on the back of his Series 1, presumably in one of his farmer's fields. Um, how, have you, do you know him? Have you met him? Have you worked with him? I have met, not worked with him, but I've met, I've met him. How was it for you? Yeah. It's, it's, I've, it's hard, actually, because he's such a big person in my life that, and sometimes you f I know so much about... When you meet someone, you know so much about... Yeah, yeah. It's hard to even, you know, to, to chat, but um, over the years, it's become a bit easier. Yeah. I'm in awe of him. And, and this year, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Yeah, absolutely, Favourite yeah. Beatles track? Oh, changes all the time. Pro probably it's a John one, actually, in my life. It's, yeah. Uh, it's there are places I remember. I think it's amazing to write that song when you were as young as he was to write that lyric. Do you know what? We've never done this, right? Can we do this today, Ian? Um, we've never done the Lightning Seeds, Seeds Potted History. We've never done that. How, when? How? How come the name? All this kind of stuff. Um, well, there's a story about the name, actually, which, which is... Uh, you know, I, I was listening to... I was trying to think of a name. I had a few songs, and I thought, I'd like to call this a band so it can grow into a band, maybe, right. whereas if it's me, it can only be that. Uh, and thinking of a name's, you know, the, the hardest thing, really. Uh, and I was listening to Raspberry Beret by Prince. Wow. And um, there's a line, and I thought he said... I'm hanging out with the lightning seeds. And I thought, who are the lightning seeds? They sound cool. And then I listened again and I said, oh, I think he's saying the thunder hides what the lightning sees. And I think that is what he's saying. But I thought, well, the lightning seeds sounded very cool. You know, perhaps, you know, that would be a good name. Yeah, so yeah. I, um, and I, I remember um, I bumped into, uh, years later, like I bumped into this guy and he, and he was introduced me and he was as, you know, Prince's manager. And he, and he said, oh, you're the guy from Lightning Seeds. Prince loves that story. And it made my day <laughs> yeah, come completely. On. Let's have a bit of that, shall we? It really did. But it's great to see you. Thank you. I'm sorry you had to get up early in your world. <laughs> Thanks for um, having me. For everything Lightning Seeds, lightningseeds.co.uk. Go there now. Cheers. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, we've heard from the cream of the crop guests so far, but there's still more cream to come. Host of Channel 4's Pack Lunch, Steph McGovern, bounds with excitement ahead of her appearances at Carfest North. Youthful yogi Sarah Malcolm imparts her wisdom and guidance on the 8th International Day of Yoga. Legendary rockers Kula Shaker giving us the lowdown about their latest album and upcoming UK tour dates throughout July and August, not to mention rocking at the top of the tower here at the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. And CEO of Calm, the campaign against living miserably Simon Gunning lifting the lid on the last photo exhibition and suicide prevention campaign. It is awesome. Suicide doesn't always look suicidal. Check it out at thecalmzone.net or virginradio.co.uk slash mental health. Plus extraordinary author Marion Keyes flicking through the pages of her latest book, The Long-Awaited Again, Rachel. All right, so let's get right back to it. Ginger Jack, who is next? Feeling a... Uh bit peckish or just need a wee pick-me-up? Well, don't worry, as this next guest is always around the corner with a packed lunch. This hostess with the mostess will be chatting away to the stars at Carfest North from July 22nd to the 24th. She's from the North. No chance she's southern. It's the queen of daytime TV. It's Steph McGovern! Steph McGovern! Steph! 
McGovern, Steph McGovern, Steph McGovern, Steph McGovern, and that's all we've got time for, just our intros. Oh no, we've got time to chat. Hi Steph! <laughs> That is the best intro I've ever had. And hi, Rachel. Hi, Bassos as well. Hello. Hi. 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 Steph, I believe, I believe because I've seen uh, this in action, uh, and seeing is believing, and sometimes believing is seeing, but that's another story. Uh, You are having your makeup done. You're in makeup as we speak. Yeah, because the show's on uh, today. So, yeah, I, I mean, I look a bit like I'm in clockwork orange at the minute because we're just halfway through with the eyeliner and things. But, yeah, getting the makeup done ready for the show. Yeah, so what time is your show on air? It's on air at half past 12. Right, half past 12. 12. Okay, so we're three hours ahead of that and she's already getting her makeup done. You know why? Because it takes so long to improve on perfection. It does. That's <laughs> what it is, Steph. That's what it is, Steph, baby. Uh, thanks so much for getting involved in Carfest, Steph. Um, I love you like a sister and um, beyond. Uh, so many famous faces going to be at our Starfest stage at Carfest North and South. Carfest.org if you want to join the likes of Sarah Beanie and Chris Hoy and Giovanna Fletcher and Eddie Izzard with us this year and Bryony Gordon and Georgia Tovolo and Candice Brown and Peter Aitken and Gemma Atkinson and Michael James Wong and St- Steph McGovern. Uh, he's with us now. Uh, so, Steph, Steph, uh, how has it been for you, the, the latest uh, trip out on the telly? How long has Pat Lunch been going for? It's been going for, well, it started in my house to begin with in lockdown. Yeah. So that started uh, about two and a half years ago. And then we've been doing it nearly two years now from the studio. So we're like something like 350 episodes in, which it, I just can't believe. And we've just been told we're going to be, we're, we're, we've been recommissioned until at least the end of next year. So, uh, I mean, I love it. It's the best one ever. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, buzzing that we're going to stay on air and carry on doing the show. So you're going to get at least another two years, yeah? Yeah. That's magnificent news. Because um, every, lots of people were giving you a very bumpy ride at the beginning, which I thought was entirely unfair. And such a sort of, sort of um, such a, we call it low-hanging fruit, don't we? You know, it's it yeah. such, it was, it, was, it, was too, it was too easy. You were too easy a target because a, a daily show, a big show, a strip show that's live, it takes time to bed in. Now, that can sound like a pathetic kind of excuse, but it's just the way things are. You know, yeah. you've got to give these shows chances to breathe like a radio show. You know, your TV show is clo- close to a, a radio show as a TV show can be, and I know where that is because that's the world I live in. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And I remember, though, when I first started, like the Channel 4 bosses were really cool because they just said, don't worry about anything that might be written about you. You know, you're you're coming into a market where there's already so many brilliant established daytime shows that have been going for like 20 odd years. And Channel 4 hadn't had like a live show in daytime for, well, since Mel and Sue's Light Lunch. So, and I love that. And of course, Big Breakfast that you did. So, you know, I knew it was going to be a big hurdle to get over. But then like this year, obviously getting the recommission, getting nominated for a BAFTA, an RTS, trick award like all of that suddenly then made it all worthwhile you know that beginning bit that was a bit bumpy and you know those nominations are not to be sniffed at and with that comes confidence and with confidence comes bizarrely relaxation and with relaxation you get your super fuel back is that how it felt yeah well do you know what it it was mainly just like for the team who've grafted so hard because most of my team have been with me from day one like from being in my garage outside my house doing the show and so to then be on a stage where we're like up against all the big names in the industry just was a real like it just gave everyone like a, a bit of a more of a strut in the walk and a, just the confidence I think to go yeah 
this was the right decision to do this show and come on, let's do more of it. It just lifted everyone. And, and that, that's what I love seeing because like loads of my team are people who wouldn't necessarily have got to work in the media industry if we weren't based in the North. You know, I've got a lot of Northerners on the team, not just Northerners, mind you, uh, but all of that has been brilliant. And people being promoted from who started as runners who are now like my assistant producers. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah proper proud of them because we're, we're punching you know we're punching up there with the big lads and that just feels great i mean how how long might you do it for i mean you know could this be open-ended for a, yeah. a good while do you think well yeah because it's also now and i've got really good like work life balance because i've you know i've got my little girl who's two and a half and having a show during the day and a show that i love doing and yet being able to see her and drop her at nursery and pick her up afterwards and all that. I mean, I'm literally living my dream life at the minute. Good so I want to do it for as long as anyone it's, will let me. Uh, Steph, it's great to have you in our lives. You're a wonderful human being. You do nothing but emit love and all the good stuff in life. Uh, I wish you and all your team uh, the best for the next couple of years. I'm so pleased to hear that you've been recommissioned. That's great, great news. Well done to Channel 4 for sticking with things that are worth sticking with. Um, how many in the team? Give them all a shout out. What, do you want me to name them all? Well, That'll take the rest of your show. Up to you, up to you. Yeah, so producing today, we've got Jessica Todd, who's an absolute legend. She's one of the people who lived in my garage in lockdown, uh, worked her way up through the top. We've got the brilliant Joe Pipes, who's our uh, assistant producer against her as well. We've got um, Courtney, who's doing the food for us, keeping everyone on top of that. We've got Adele Forrest. We've got Rachel Broughton, who started as a runner and has just been promoted to researcher. We've got the brilliant crew and Paddy on the jib. Uh, Alex is on the cameras literally my team are legends and I probably could name them all but I'm going to stop there alright pal um, and my editor Matt Scott I should give him a shout out as well because he's smashing it at the minute right, I can't wait to see you at Carfest yeah you too love lots of see love alright you're the best Steph thank you so much thanks bye bye have a great day everyone bye Rich bye Vassa bye Steph bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. When I found out this next guest wrote books about the Walsh family, I couldn't believe that Bradley from The Chase would use a ghostwriter. But 28.1 copies of her books are sold every hour in the UK, so her latest book, again Rachel, will surely raise the bar. So just get lost in our books. There's no need for DVDs. It's the one and only Marion Gay. <laughs> Morning, Marion. Good morning. <laughs> My God, that, that is an amazing welcome. Um, I've never had one like that before. Thank you so much. Oh, Marion, so many people are excited about this book. 26 years on from Rachel's Holiday. Did you always know this was going to happen? No, I never knew. In fact, and I was really quite adamant I'd never write um, a sequel to any of my books I had tried once and it hadn't worked and then people say why but why did you do one and I have no good entertaining story all I can say is I changed my mind will that do well that will do I mean you know I'm not going to push you on it but I, I would ask this I would actually expand on, on the the answer that you're giving uh, to us so was there a moment was it sort of a, a gradual uh, dawning of realization it was sort of a moment. I mean, whenever I finish a book, I have a feeling, you know, that, that that's it. I'm all used up. I'll never be able to write anything else. And I had written about Rachel and her entire family. And people had often asked, you know, would I ever kind of revisit them? And I was with a friend of mine and it, an idea came for a story and I just ran it by her. 
And she said all the hair stood up on the back of her neck. And I, I decided I would take this as a sign and run with it. So um, the hair standing up on the back of Louise O'Neill's neck was what made me decide <laughs> to write again, Rachel, or to try it anyway. When you pitched that idea to your pal, you know, how, how fully formed was it? Was it a single sentence? Was it 12 words? Was it a paragraph? Was it a five minute conversation between uh, she, she and yourself? It was about two sentences. And um, and then she started asking more and more questions. And I had to say, hold on a second. I haven't thought this through. You know, it's, it's just come to me. But the more questions she asked, the more I realised it was sort of already there. Um, it, I mean, that's the funny thing about, I suppose, the subconscious. We know a lot more than we sort of tell our conscious self. And then when somebody starts firing questions at you, um, it's a really surprising, you know, what we can deliver in those circumstances. Yeah, again, we always talk about this on the show, but if you're available or open to it or there for yourself, and even though you're there for yourself, which you have to be, you then also can't get in your own way. And those two often go against each other. Yes, that makes sense. Now, we're, we're astounded, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, I haven't checked, but we're astounded that all your books aren't, aren't like, you know, um, uh, blockbuster Hollywood movies. Is there a reason for that? Because your books read like screenplays anyway. You're so lovely. I mean, I've been told my books are too long, and I kind of understand that. They're too long to be made into um, movies. Um, would it help if I told you that at the moment, nine of my 15 novels are under option being adapted now i've been here before right. and you know i have still not bought my dress for any premiere um <laughs> and it might happen it mightn't but i mean the thing is i suppose i'm quite you know insistent that the relationship between a book and a reader is a beautiful thing yep. and a unique one mm. and it sort of makes me sad that books are regarded as you know the poor relation of the silver screen and that books aren't really kind of i don't know valid until they've been kind of converted into another medium. So at this stage, whenever, an, you know, another book gets optioned by a, a movie crowd and they're all full of promises and we'll have this person and that person, I go, Aya Grant, uh, lovely, thanks. And, um, and I just continue with my day because you break your heart if, if every time something got optioned, you know, you got really excited and thought, hold on here now, I'll be starting to look at real estate in Los Angeles and... Um, Will I be needing a helicopter? Um, you know, you can't, you can't think that way. Um, you know, so I'm here in my house in Dunleary and I, and I don't have a house in L.A. and I don't have a helicopter. And I, you know, my life is still really nice. Um, so we'll see, Chris, we'll see. I mean, you're lovely to say that they're very visual. Um But uh, they are very long. And I do try to write shorter books because I know time... Time is precious, you know. Um, but this is just, I have that very Irish thing of why use one word when 4,000 will do. Yeah, and well, you can see my conversational yeah, mode. No, I, think, I think you're allowed, Marion, and everything's all the better for it. It's like, it's like George Martin leaving all the Beatles songs, you know, as they landed in front of him on cassette or whatever it was on Reel to Reel back then. No, it, it's better uh, for the sophistication and all the layering. Now, I was asking you, I don't think, I know you don't think this either. I don't think books are the poor relation of, of movies. It's just that these stories are so good. Some people only watch movies, for example, and you just want them to be watched by as many people as possible. And I 
remain astounded, even, you know, despite your response, because I know for a fact that the likes of Netflix and Paramount are crying out for content and what they need are writers and what they need are stories, you know. And you say nine of your 15-odd novels are under options still. Um, is that that's because they have to pay for the option, don't they? Of course they do. They and, do. And, yeah. and when options um, uh, sort of expire, um, you can mm. then get the same book optioned again. That must be fun in one way. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. It is money for old rope, yes. I believe they call it. Would yes. that be the phrase? Yes, that yeah. the phrase. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yes, of course. It's lovely. What are you doing today, Marion Keys, over there in uh, that gorgeous heaven and earth where you live? Oh, you're so nice. I don't know. This is the high point of my day. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just going to try and write now, you know, but like it's, it's going to take me a little while to kind of, you know, come down from this cloud. Right. Well, um, you, yeah. be, you be careful with that refined sugar, though. That's the only thing I'm going to say. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Marion Keys. Thank you, Chris Evans. You're awesome. What an amazing woman. God bless Marion Keys from Robin with a Y in Northumberland. Got to go. Goodbye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Kill the shaker in the house. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, morning Crispin. How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, man. Where are you? I'm oh, here. <laughs> I was looking for this disembodied voice. You can't see me for rock and roll. That's know, it. That's You're it. blinded by your own genius. Man. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good. 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 Oh my goodness, me! You're on fire today. You always are, by the way. Last time we we uh, we bumped into each other, we set Arthur Brown's head on fire. Uh, we really did. Yeah, um, fire. Uh, Christian Mills vocals and guitar this morning. Alonzo Bevan on bass. Paul Winter on drums. Harry Brobert on keyboard. And Himanesh Goswami will be back in a second for Go Vendor, which is the next track. So, so far you've had Don't Worry, Be Happy, Hey Dude. Uh, whatever it is, I'm against it. Hush, uh, Go Vendor next, as I say. And then a reprise of Don't Worry, Be Happy, or whatever the hell they darn well like. So it says here, Crispian Mills. The new album apparently wasn't part of the band's plan, according to frontman Crispian. Tell us about that. Plan was, uh, we didn't have a plan. Uh, is it, was it Mike Tyson who said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face? <laughs> By him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess um, I, we got punched in the face by, by fate <laughs> and we decided uh, we, had to keep, we had to keep doing it. So 2016 should have been the closing of the circle, quote unquote, for the band with the release of their 20th anniversary album and world tour. Does that sort of bring back any memories? Yes, it brings back memories of a press release <laughs> <laughs> that was written. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, when you've been going for uh, however many years it is, I, I dread to think. Yeah. Um, it, then uh, you, you, you know, you got to keep doing it because you love each other yeah. and you love playing music. Yeah. And uh, so it's we had to keep we have to keep renewing our vows, and uh, and uh, we're all getting on and playing well. And 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 I think you know we need this, that rock and roll still has a place in the world. It really does, and nobody does it better than you. I was astounded when I heard the album yesterday, and I'm not blowing smoke up where the sun doesn't shine. It it is a phenomenal album, and if you don't mind me saying, you know, uh, I'm I'm pa painting by numbers because I'm hearing all my favourites in there. <laughs> you know, I'm hearing like late Beatles. I'm hearing the Who. I'm hearing Dylan. I'm even he hearing badly drawn boy in there. But of course, um, um, uh, you. You know, that's one percent, ninety-nine percent. The irrepressible, pulsating, explosive heartbeat that is um, cool to shake. The nice thing about doing these chats now, you know, a good few years on from say TFI Friday or whatever, yeah. is we can go back to the origin story, which was a, would have been boring then, but it's interesting now. Right. So, so where were Cool to Shaker born for people who who don't know? How how did this happen? We were born uh, together in. I tell you what happened was we we went to Glastonbury Festival, funnily enough, and we uh, we had a ten man army tent and uh, we were stealing 
uh, power from the Hare Krishnas. <laughs> <laughs> we were plugging in, and uh, and they found out about it, and they said, "Oi, what's going on over here? We can't. Our cooker keeps packing in." And and we and they and we so we said, "Sorry, we've got a band, and we do Govinda Jaya Jaya and everything." And they said, "Hey, this is our jam. <laughs> Come on!" So we went and played on their little stage where they were doing their mantras and stuff. Right. And that was the, that was our first official gig. Hare Krishna, Glastonbury. 1994. So, hang on, so you took your instruments Three. with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, were, we were playing Anyhow, in a little tent, you know. Right, so you can play Glastonbury not without being booked by Emily yeah. and Michael and Nick and all the gang there. Apparently. Which is what you, you so you did, that's, yeah. that, what year was that then? I think it was 94, 93. Right, yeah. and you, you, you're all there, that's so cool. And so um, I asked yesterday, because we played, so we've been playing your songs all week, uh, you know, ahead of you appearing today, and we had a Glastow special on Wednesday, Thursday, and we're doing a Glastow special today with all the tracks um, from Glastonbury Band's past and present, and of course Macca, the mighty Macca, who's playing tomorrow, playing in Froome tonight with a little warm-up gig. And I said, you know, uh, what are the dates for Cooler Shakers Glastonbury? And, and Mira, who produced the show, she, she said, oh, they played Glastonbury for all of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that how it felt? No, um, it, it did. <laughs> we, we, I tell you, we have we have a, a one serious claim to fame, and that is that we headlined Glastonbury twice in one year. Right. We managed to we headline on the Saturday night. Uh, we went toe to toe with Radiohead on the on the enemy stage and the pyramid stage, and the next morning we were we were recovering from uh, from the experience. And Michael Evis knocked on the on the door of our tent because we had a door, we had an oak door on our tent, and he knocked on the door and he said, uh, Neil Young's chopped his finger off. He's had an accident with a ham sandwich, and uh, he's gone. And all the bands have gone home, and you're the only ones that are left. So will you will you go on in his place? Wow. So we went on in the in the af- late afternoon, early evening, and we we did play a couple of Neil Young songs to sort of smooth nice. the waters. They stopped throwing mud after a while, and and we and we played a great set. Interesting. So, okay. So from a band's point of view, an experiential point of view, you were gearing yourself up to play your your scheduled performance. Mm. Then you celebrated, one would imagine, afterwards, um, uh, the whole thing. And then you lots of incense. You you were called back from the bench the next day unexpectedly. So it's a whole different thing. There's. Is there expectation? Is an expectation? Is expectation of a different kind? Is there fear? Is there loathing? Is there freedom? What is that like? I tell you, we were actually much better on the better. Sorry, we were much better on the Sunday, weren't we? Because we were more relaxed, you know. Because that freak out of like, oh my god, we're going to headline Glastonbury. Yeah, and also you'd done yeah. your chops. You, you'd you'd yeah. sung for your supper, and this was you being nice. We were we. Uh, it was it was an honour, and uh, you know, um, it'd be great to go back one day. What are your hopes and dreams for this album? And um, clearly, you're not going to call it a day anytime soon now. So, uh, although you're heading towards the the twenty fifth has gone, twenty sixth, so thirtieth anniversary will be next. Oh my god! Um, yeah, well, I just got. I'm actually, I'm more focused on my uh, my anniversary with, with my wife than I'm with my band. But he's my second wife. That's All what right. we call Paul. Okay, well, listen, it's great to have you back. The album is a thing of absolute wonder and beauty. Um, uh, and if you get to see Cooler Shaker this summer or ever in your life, um, then you will just have uh, the kind of experience you will never forget. It's so, it's, it's so easy to immerse yourself. You are immersed. You don't have to immerse yourself. You are immersed when you go to Cooler Shaker. Do you remember that gig you played at the 100 Club on Oxford Street? I do, I do, yeah. How, good, how great was that? It was, it was in the afternoon, as I recall, wasn't it? No, no. I think I think you were uh, you didn't know what time of it day was it was. It was my afternoon, was it? 
was like off the clock, <laughs> if you like. Shall we say that? But what a gig that was. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. So, Ginger Jack, uh, uh, in for five, out for seven, a bit of box breathing, uh, pause for four, and exhale, and off you go with your very calm, relaxed yoga style intro. Follow the sound of my voice. <laughs> Take a deep, deep breath in for four. This is killing him. Three, two, one. And hold it for four, three. Who am I kidding? That's not how we do things around here, but it is International Yoga Day. So let's downward dog and do sun salutations whilst you um. Please welcome the yoga master, it's Sarah Malcolm. <laughs> I, I like the laid back, Jack, did you? Yeah. I thought it was very MS, to be honest. Watch out, Don French, he's coming to get you. I much That's prefer Stephen normal Frank. Jack. <laughs> Well, good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Happy International Yoga Day. And to you. What a day to celebrate. Yeah, so you perform miracles on a daily basis, natural miracles, <laughs> but they're there to behold. Um, you're actually baking a miracle at the moment, aren't I you? I am baking a miracle. Seven yes. months. Seven months. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, but so now adding to your uh, sort of uh, miracle peacock's um, uh, tale is the fact you you got public transport this morning and managed to get here. I know. On a train, on a natural train. It was smooth. Wow. A miracle did happen. How busy yeah. was it? Not that bad. Really yeah. And I strolled in, had a smile on my face. See, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, once everybody sort of um, bands down the hatches, if you fancy a little... I mean, we're not saying get out. They're saying, you know, the government guidelines are don't travel unless it's absolutely essential. But, you know, if there's a train and you fill your boots, there's nobody on them. <laughs> It's like getting the fairground ride all to yourself, isn't it, sometimes? Uh, so, Sarah, how long have you been into yoga? I started practising yoga at university, so oh, that is a long while away now, about 13 years, right? Um, as a way to just calm myself in amongst the chaos of university life. How did it come onto your radar? Well, it was... Um, I joined a gym, right. joined a student gym, and they had actually a really brilliant yoga studio. And I was at the gym with my friends and I thought, should we just join a yoga class? It'd probably be quite funny. Mm. And we joined and it was a really lovely Hatha class, so nice and slow. What does that mean, Hatha? Hatha is kind of a slow, really like the best intro to yoga, I would say. It's a style of practice which is um, kind of no weaving between the postures. You go through the postures and you learn a lot about them and it's a, a slow style, um, one that's very relaxing and just nice and intuitive. So I, I joined that class and I remember shaking the entire class. My whole body was like, um, went home, fell asleep for about three hours and I thought, I think yoga's for me. We see so you're bitten by the bug straight off. Yeah. And the shaking, which I've experienced because I've done, you know, bits and bobs over the years, um, it's because of your lack of core strength initially, but then it's also your resistance to the pose and it's the fact that it's all about the breathing, but you don't get that yet. Yes, exactly. And it's the wall between you and yourself. Your physicality Absolutely. and your sort of um, your 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 sort of engine room, as it were. Yeah, it's almost like your body is trying to resist this new sensation that you're putting it through. Yeah, uh, stretching and strengthening, um, and when you actually learn to work with the breath, 
your body can kind of unravel it's into those mad, spaces. It's mad, isn't it? It's yeah. mad because we're trying to attack. It feels like we're trying to sort of bully our insides to succumbing to what our outside wants to achieve, but the strength is within. And it's Absolutely. completely the other way around. And once you change that direction of flow of energy and thought and spirituality or whatever you want to call it, that, then that's when the magic happens. Yeah, and most often it's the mind that's, that's forcing yeah. us to not, you know, tune in. Yeah. Truly, we're kind of governed by the mind. The chimp is not having a good day on that day. So that's Hatha Yoga. Take us through like three or four other of the headline yogas. Um, so Iyengar is a very traditional practice where you go through a set sequence. Um, I'm not that familiar with Iyengar. Um, I teach a, a practice called Vinyasa, right. which is a fluid. It comes stems from Iyengar, but it's a kind of more fluid practice where you move through sun salutations and it weaves the postures together. Um, it's quite dynamic and, yeah, one to kind of have fun with. I, my own teachings are more of a slow version of that because you can really get, like, juicy into the practice. Um, another personal favourite is yin yoga, where you hold postures for sometimes up to 10 minutes. My wife loves yin yoga. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it's a different level, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's, it's one that, again, the mind will take over and there'll be a lot of resistance within your body. Oh, my goodness. But when you just kind of breathe, let go, tune in, then you feel like a jellyfish or something coming out of it just floating around so you hold hold postures for up to 10 minutes and it works with the chi in the body which again i'm not that on it with but um yeah it's it's pretty magical yeah, i bet practice. you're on it a lot more than you, you you're, you're, <laughs> you're sort of giving yourself um uh, praise for you're awesome you are oh thanks Chris. sarah if people <laughs> want to find out more sarahmalcolm.co.uk yes and uh, find out that's Sarah Marks on Instagram and Sarah Markham Yoga on YouTube. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for Thanks for making me. the effort to come in on such a mad Pleasure. public transport day. It's worth it on this day. Okay, great. Um, I think we're done, aren't we? I think that's about it. Uh, how, do, how do we end something so so relaxed? I think we just could have... Uh, should we give it our International Yoga Day mantra again? Or we could use the Daleks, because that would really just help us relax, wouldn't it? Okay, let's, let's do both, shall we? International Yoga Day! <laughs> International Yoga Day! International Yoga Day. Okay, so for more Sarah, Sarah or just check out all the um, yoga instructors um, anywhere near you or people within your purview or paywall ability. But of course, even though you're a master, um, once a student, always a student. Definitely. Always learning. What's the last thing you realise by yoga yourself? Um, to go slower, especially in pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> go slower. Wow. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Right, from the ridiculous to the sublime and uh, the very usefully uh, profound, Simon Gunning is on the line now. And Simon Gunning is very much involved with something that I came across yesterday properly for the first time this week. I'd passed it a couple of times, but I hadn't really seen it. Um, you know, I, I'd looked at it, but I hadn't seen it, and that's different. Uh, Simon Gunning is the CEO of suicide, the Suicide Prevention Charity Campaign Against Living Miserably, and that is, of course, called Calm. We all know it is Calm. He's on the line now. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Simon. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that our paths have crossed in the past, haven't they? Well, yes, a long, long time ago in very different circumstances, and I'd like to apologise. <laughs> Just This is a bit of fun, right? Um, so put a smile on everybody's face. We used to work together, didn't we, sort of? 
sort of. I, I was a sort of. I think I was a pseudo stalker, to be honest. I managed bands and, um, and record producers and people, and we somehow managed to get the hot track onto to, uh, to TFI Friday. So I'd find myself in your bar taking full advantage most Friday nights in Hammersmith. So thank you for that. It was very good fun. Okay, great. Uh, listen, what you're up to at the moment is absolutely amazing. Can you please explain to people what the last photo is and who came up with it? Because it's the best idea I've I think I've ever heard of. Oh, that's that's great to know. It's it came initially from a kind of a piece of strategic work where based on an observation that we've seen for forever um, and that is that when we talk to people who have lost someone by suicide so frequently they will say it came as a bolt from the blue nobody expected it that the person seemed happy or was even kind of the life and soul of the party it was so so frequent that we'd hear that and that there's also a kind of a spotting the signs sort of push for people um, and then when you do a very simple google image search for suicidal person you'll see images of people holding their heads in their hands or looking sadly out of windows and the, the conclusion from that is that suicide doesn't have a look that it doesn't have uh, cliched or otherwise a distinct set of things that you can look out for so hence suicidal doesn't always look suicidal and um, an incredible piece of work from from Calm and from um, uh, one of our agencies, uh, Adam and Eve DDB. We found 50 families, incredible, create, uh, courageous, kind, generous people. I know you met a few of those yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. Um, who not only consented to give us the photographs and the videos of their loved ones who died by suicide, but have been like absolute kind of firebrands in this campaign. They're supporting us in all sorts of ways. Um, and it's testament to their determination that no one else would suffer what they've suffered. So, yes, you saw it yesterday. There are 50 uh, monoliths down the south bank uh, of the Thames in London. Um, and that's kind of the, the blue touch paper for, for the campaign, which has just exploded across all forms of media, including your good self. Um, and we have uh, a 90-second film, which um, I, would, I would hope most people will get to see because it's profoundly good, I think. Yeah, and the idea is, so it's called The Last Photo, and these are the last images um, taken of people who ultimately f could think of no other way um, to, to escape the pain that they were feeling than um, the unthinkable um, of taking their own lives uh, because they just wanted to be at peace. And it is the last photographs of these people um, known to those who are closest to them. And they're, they're, you just would have no idea. And, you know, in between these monoliths, um, sporadically is the phrase, suicide doesn't always look suicidal, you know, and you'd want to go out with any of these people this Friday night, wouldn't you? Because they they look like they're having the time of their lives. And, you yeah. know, again, that could be so ironic for so many reasons. And since seeing all these images yesterday, I did a, a, a bit of a, um, more deeper digging and found out to, as, you know, why that might be, how they were feeling at the time. Was it their last hurrah? Um, and all this, all those things come into play. They do, and, and I think when you're looking at the, the pictures themselves, which are, of course, you, you can you can see them online at, at our, our website. It's the humanity of it that really strikes me. I mean, you look in, you look into their eyes, like you say, and and it's us. It's not so. So, we're 125 people a week die by suicide, and that's almost impossible to grasp. Four years ago, we put we did a similar thing down the South Bank with statues on on the roofs of the ITV building. Um, 
And as a number, it's shocking. And it's really difficult to, to, to understand that on an emotional level. So with this, when you look into those faces, these are not, this is not an abstract figure. These are, these are people. This is our, our husbands, wives, mums, dads, tragically, our kids, our friends, um, and they're us. And, and so what we, we really want to land is that for everybody to understand that suicide is a, it's a part of humanity and we have to deal with it as such. We, we have to talk. We're quite good at talking about mental health now, but we are terrible at talking about suicide. And when 125 people are dying every single week, it's like there's a tumour and we're deciding to ignore it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But getting out of the dark where it festers and it becomes an option and talking to people about it. As, as a part, even as a part of ongoing maintenance, let alone when people are feeling bad. Yeah, it's the way it hits um, home right to the sort of bullseye of the subject because it's these, these pictures on the face of it are ironic, but then when you think about it for more than a second or two seconds or three seconds or five seconds, uh, you know, and even longer, you then go, oh, no, of course, this makes complete sense. And you've got to check yourself and you've got to check other people without being too invasive. Uh, and that's all we're saying. Uh, just start the conversation or start the thought in your own mind and see where it goes. Uh, Simon, good luck. I know you're on this morning this morning. Uh, give our love to everybody there. They're always very good to us. Have a great day, my friend. I will indeed. Thanks, Chris. Have okay. a good one. Cheers, pal. And lots of love to you and your team. The calmzone.net is where you need to go. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.